Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. Well, messages are what we're here to talk about this morning. We've been walking through the book of Jeremiah together, and as he shares God's message with his people, he's got a terrible assignment, difficult assignment. The assignment is, go talk to some people who won't listen to me. Jeremiah's like, well, they won't listen to me either. He says, you got to tell them. Now, why is God like that? Well, because he loves you. He loves you so much that even when you're so stubborn that you won't listen, he'll keep giving you the message over and over again. He wants you to know uh, that he's there, and he wants to forgive you, and he wants you to walk with him and follow him, and he knows that's the best pathway for you. And so he sends Jeremiah to what he calls a stiff-necked people, people who won't listen to him. And uh, we call them hard-headed. We don't call them stiff-necked. Hard-headed people um, to, you know, follow him. And uh, Jeremiah's run out of options. Have you ever tried to tell somebody something? You've tried to tell them like 10 different ways, and they still don't have it. And like, what do I say? And so uh, God tells Jeremiah... Go down to the potter's house, and I'm going to give you a message there. Let me read it for you. It's in Jeremiah chapter 18. He says, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop, and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped, so he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. And we latch on to that last phrase, like we think about that analogy. I'm clay, he's the potter, and he can do with me what he wants. And uh, we've written songs about it, right? And the songs say, Lord, mold me and make me whatever you want me to be. You know, you're the potter, I'm the clay. There, there's a couple things about this. One, I think God can give you a message anywhere, right? Anywhere. He didn't send Jeremiah to church. He didn't send him to his little private place where he sits down and prays, you know. He didn't send him to those. He goes, I want you to go down to the potter's house. So I just want you to know, wherever you are, God can speak to you. In fact, in this message, I see him saying, go there and then I'll give you the message. And I wonder sometimes how many times I miss the message because I won't do what he tells me to do, right? Like, I want to, you know, we're like, God, speak to me, tell me. And he goes like, okay, I'll tell you. Go over there and I'll tell you. You ever get stuck in one of those? No, tell me now. No, go over there and I'll tell you, right? And so he says, go down there and I'll tell you. And so he can speak to you anywhere and he can use anything, right? Obviously, he's going to use prayer and he's going to use your Bible and he's going to use church and he's going to, but he can use a clay pot. He can use whatever he wants to, to speak to you. And so Jeremiah goes down there and I want to describe to you what I think all he saw. Have you ever been to a potter's? And so I'm fascinated by that. Anytime I see some artist doing something that they are experts at, it's amazing. Watching somebody paint something. Uh, some of you have seen Daryl up here painting something like that. That's amazing. Uh, people doing that uh, blowing glass. And have you ever seen that? It's just crazy, some stuff. So 
I've seen a potter, and it's just always amazed me how they put that clay on there and just, you know, they put their hands on it, and all of a sudden it's almost like magic, you know, the thing rises up and they do all this stuff to it. It's just, a, it's just an amazing process. And so Jeremiah goes and he's watching that. He's watching him do that. But he sees all kind of things. If you've ever been to a potter's place, uh, what you see, it almost looks like a mess. Over here, there's just clay. And then over here, there's some kind of pots and stuff and like, you know, but they're wet and they've been sat over here to dry. And then over here, there's some that are, there's pots and vases and stuff in all different stages of the process. And so he would have seen that. So let me, let me walk you through, because if I'm going to think about the fact of I'm the clay and I'm in his hands and he's the potter, uh, let's think about that analogy and what all happens. So the first thing a potter does is they prepare the clay. They prepare it. So they get the clay and they choose it very carefully. They usually have their spots that they go where they found some good clay. It might have to do with the color of it. It might have to do with the texture of it. And they might even use different clay for different types of things. But they're all different kinds of things. So first thing like when the Lord chooses you, like you're made, you're all different, and He chooses you specifically for what He wants to do. And I want you to know when He chooses the clay, think about what He's working with. Clay is what you scrape off the bottom of your shoes. You ever thought about that? Like now, He's going to take it, and it's going to become something very useful or beautiful, right? It's either going to be used for some purpose or it's going to be decorative. But like what he starts with, it's dirt, it's mud. It's mud. And if you've ever messed with clay, that's the worst kind. You ever notice how sticky it is and how whatever, you know? And, and it's like, if you ever get into some of that, and, and so it's, it's dirt. And yet he's choosing that to make something wonderful with but because you just get it out of the woods, you know, I, I'm sure you can order it. But the potters I've talked to, they don't do that. They're not buying the clay. They've got a place and they go and they, they dig it up and get it out. But you've got to clean that. So I had somebody tell me one time they were in a pottery class and they'd made their pottery and they made a nice look. I mean, they're, they're new, so they just made a little bowl and they said it looked great and everything was good. And they got to the firing process and a big crack just went right through the middle of their pot because there was still a little bitty pebble in the clay and when it fired it, that rock caused a big crack in it. So you have to clean the clay. You gotta go through a process of picking out all the stuff that doesn't need to be there that's gonna cause a problem, all right? Little pebbles and little, you know, leaves and different things, you gotta get it out you don't want that in there. And then they do this thing called wedging the clay. Now let me describe to you what that is. They go to a work table. They take the clay and they just slam it down on the work table. And then they pick it up and they slam it down on the work table. And they do that over and over. And then they might cut it in half or in thirds and then put it back together a different way and then slam it on the work table. You know what they're doing? 
Well, there's not just the impurities you can see. There's little air bubbles and stuff in it. And they've got to they've hit it really hard to get every little thing out before they can work with it. It's called wedging. That doesn't sound very pleasant. Okay? That doesn't sound very pleasant. And if I'm somebody who's in the, the process of that, that, that sounds rough. Okay? But that's what he may have seen him wedging some clay. And then, obviously, he saw him doing the second step. The second step is the thing we're most, we're most familiar with, and that's forming the clay, okay? And he would have seen him put it right in the center of the wheel. And if it's not in the center of the wheel, it, it won't work. And they spin that wheel, and now we have electricity, which works good. But they would have been spinning it with their feet while they're working with their hands and... Uh, um, has to be right in the center, and, and they keep it wet. There'd be a bowl of water there, and they're throwing water on it. And you know why? It's got to stay malleable. It's got to stay where they can form it and move it. It can't be dry to do that. So they keep throwing water on it. And then with his very careful expertise in his touch, you know, he puts pressure or she puts pressure in just the right spots. And, you know, this thing forms and they stick their hands in it and it opens up to whatever vessel that they're, that they're making. And it's very careful. And what Jeremiah saw, if there's a problem with the piece, or maybe it's just not forming up exactly, the, like it might even look fine to you, but the potter has a certain vision of what it's supposed to be and what he's making. And, and, and if this potter uh, gets to a certain point and was like, mm, that's, not, that's not exactly what I had in mind, they smash it, cave it in on itself, smash it, and they don't start right back from that. They have to take it off and set that piece of clay aside, let it rest, and get another piece of clay and work with it. And then after a time, they have to take that. Guess what they have to do again? They have to wedge it again, and then they can work with it again and form up what they're looking for. So that's the forming. That's the beautiful part, right? And then, so the first part looks painful, right? The second part looks beautiful and interesting. The third part is boring. They have to wait for the clay. There's all this waiting time, right? You don't realize. They, they wedge the clay. They have to let it sit there for a while. Then they form the thing, and then they take it off, and they very carefully put it on a shelf, and it's sitting there, and it has to dry a little bit. And then when it's in that process, they might take it back down and do some trimming on it. Like they might add a handle or fix a little spout on it or do some, you know, take a, a knife and trim away and make the, the top or, you know, shape it a little bit or cut some lines in it. They do that after it's dried a little bit. And then they set it back on there and let it dry some more. They got to wait. And that can be a long time while it's waiting and drying. And it takes days and days and days and weeks of drying. Now, I don't like the first part. That sounds painful. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you, I really don't like the waiting part. Like, that's, that's tough, right? Then the final step is what you'd call the finishing part, right? And so they take that, 
they fire it. They put it in a kiln, a really, really hot oven, and fire the clay and seal it. Now it's hard. Now you can't, you can't do anything with it anymore. It's done. You, you know, uh, if you drop it, it breaks into a lot of pieces. It's like, you know, it's, it's what it is, right? And then they decorate it, and they might take it and paint it and do different things to it to make it lovely and beautiful. And they might make it beautiful even if it's just a useful object. Or it might be a beautiful object. So they use clay pots for everything. Now you use plastic, you know. But think about it. If this was your way of making containers, I mean, we use containers for garbage, right? We, we, we have garbage. Um, we have bowls that we cereal out of. We have even beautiful things. I went to an art museum yesterday, and there, there were beautiful pieces of pottery and vases and things like that and they're on display in a museum because they're just beautiful so there's all different kinds of uses that we would have and as he painted it or she painted it and made it what they wanted to and then they glaze it they cover it with something that protects it so moisture and different things can't get inside of it and it seals it for its purpose so he would have seen that. So if he goes into the potter's house, even if he's wa uh, watching this potter make, the, you know, make the, the item that they're making, they would have seen all this different stuff in all different stages. Some dug straight out of the ground. Some that had been wedged sitting on a workbench. Some that's right there ready to, to work on that day. Some that are sitting there drying. This shelf's in this stage of drying. This shelf's on this stage and is being painted. These are, have been fired waiting to glaze. Some are waiting on the glaze dry. In other words, he would have seen what I see today. I look out upon this group of people. And if we're the clay and he's the potter, what I see is the clay in all different stages of, pro of the process of the potter making us into what he designed us to be. And so here we are in all these different stages. So what does it mean if I think I'm the potter, or I'm the clay, he's the potter, and I think about all these things? There, there are a few things I wanted to point out to you of this story. If I put myself in the pitcher as the clay. And the first thing I would say is it appears there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of work to be done before the clay is ready. And again, I don't like this part. You know, I don't know how long it necessarily might last in my life or your life, but seems like that could be a little painful. Seems like there's a lot of work to be done. They're throwing it down, he's mushing it, pushing on it, cutting it, doing all this stuff, cleaning it, getting it ready. He didn't even begun to create the main purpose of what he made you to be because he's got to get you ready. And that's a whole process of getting you ready. It's especially a process for those of you who are younger in the room, but I don't necessarily think that just because you're older means you're not still in this phase right but like he has to prepare you for what he's designed you to do 
And so there's this whole preparation process. So don't push that aside. Don't get frustrated with that. Don't like just, you know, get all out of whack because it hasn't arrived yet or whatever. It's part of the process. You're never going to be what God made you to be if you won't allow your pushing back against the time it takes to prepare you for what he's preparing you for, okay? He has to prepare you. Second thing I wanted to point out, Apparently, the clay needs to be centered right in that wheel to be able to make it what it needs to be made. And if it's not right in the center, it will never work. When they spin that, it's going to be all, you know. And you've probably heard that phrase. If you grew up in church, people talk about being in the center of God's will. Let me explain that better. It just means I'm with Him. His whole call on our lives is follow me, right? Follow me. And the whole point of that is to be with him where he is. So can I be with him? Yesterday, I saw the most disjointed parade I've ever seen in my life. I wasn't intending to see a parade, but I saw a parade. We went to Birmingham to visit with our kids, and uh, we had lunch with them. And we're going to the art museum, and as it turns out, they're having a Veterans Day parade. We said, well, let's walk over here and just watch the parade for a little while. I don't know where we were at the, we saw the very beginning of them pass by. They're winding through the streets of Birmingham, but they had already at this point gotten separated. It might have been 20 little bitty parades. You know what I'm saying? Like they were so separate. Well, they were so separated that like here's an ROTC group comes by and here's another one and they're doing their little chants and it's great. And then another one, you know, a guy with a horse, you know, and he comes by and then there's nothing. And we went, that's the shortest parade I've ever seen, you know. And then... A couple of cars come by with little people waving, you know, and whatever. Like, you went first, you can't even see them. A whole block, like, there's nobody. And then here comes another little group, you know. And I was like, okay. And then it ended. And we're like, okay. But I know I heard a band. Where's the band? We never saw the band. <laughs> we stayed there for a little while, you know, and a group came through. And the funny thing was, this was really interesting, as they went past us, there was an intersection, and the first group, they went straight through. The next group turned left. <laughs> we don't know what happened with the parade, but let me tell you this. We watched a few minutes of the parade. We gave up on the parade. It was a little chilly. We went in the art museum, toured the art museum, came out, and the parade was still going on. <laughs> and we saw a group over here, and we could see a group over here. I'm like, this might be the most interesting parade in the world. Like, and y'all all missed it. It was going on in Birmingham. There are people going around everywhere, right? That won't work in the kingdom of God. It won't work. You can't just go wherever you want to go. You can't just do whatever you want to do. It doesn't work that way. You have to say, Lord, I want to be with you where you are. And that's not always where I want to be. Sometimes I want to go over there and he's going, no, Jim, you got to go this way. If the clay is going to become what the potter wants it to become, it has to be centered right where God wants it to be. 
Third thing. The clay must be malleable. If you're not willing and open to it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Now, people don't mind change if you're the one changing it. You don't mind change. Let's say that I decided I wanted to try a different creamer for my coffee in the morning. So I decided to buy some other flavor. Just going to try it. And when I get up in the morning, I get my new creamer and I decide to try it. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. But let's paint a different picture. Let's say I get up in the morning and I go to the fridge and I open up the fridge and my creamer's not in there. There's some other creamer. I would say, what is this? And Perlene would smile and say, well, I just bought you a different one than you like to try it. And I would say, I don't want a different one. Where's my creamer? And she was going, well, I just, you know, I thought maybe you might like, you know, this one. And I said, I would say, I'll be right back. <laughs> Got to make a little run. Like, you know, I'm not against trying things, but you're going to force it on me like I want what I want. You know, you're, you're the same way. If somebody changes something, you're like, oh, no, you know, what are we doing, right? But if we're, gonna, if we're going to become what the Lord wants us to be, what He made us to be, you have to be willing to trust Him and let Him go, let's do this. And if you're not open to that, if you're not, if you're not there on the, on the wheel going, you're the, you're the potter, I'm the clay, like you, you make me in, into what you want to make me. The clay's not telling the potter, here's what we're doing today. Right? Then it's not going to work. Because, if you're a blank filler in her, here's number four, right? The clay has to be seen through the eyes of the Creator. The eyes of the Creator. The potter knows. The potter has a vision for what he's creating. And so he's molding and making this lump of clay into this thing that he's making. The, the, the potter doesn't see a lump of clay. The potter sees a vase. I saw a vase in the art museum yesterday, and this vase was specifically designed for tulips. It had a little spout for each tulip. It was a vase with individual spouts for tulips okay so somebody somebody in their brain says like, i'm gonna make this thing right well that's the that's the creator here's the way paul wrote it in romans 9 verse 20 and 21 he says who are you a mere human being to argue with god should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? And we all have those times. Why did you make me like this, right? I get frustrated with myself. You get frustrated with yourself. Why did God make me like this, right? I have these quirks, these things, these characteristics. Why did God make me like this? And the answer is, he says, when a potter makes 
jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make a jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? Like the potter can make whatever the potter wants to make. Are we willing to say, I'll, I'll be whatever you want me to be? What you created me to be. He made us all different. Now, like The potter's not just pushing out just cereal bowls. It's all we're making. We're just making cereal bowls. It's all we're doing. That's not what, the, that's not what they do. It's not. They're making flower vases. They're making water pitchers. They're making dog bowls. They're making garbage cans. They're making flower pots. They were making plates to eat off of. They're making all kinds of things, especially in their day. The clay is seen through the eyes of the Creator. Do you trust that God sees what He's making you into? And he sees something you can't even see yet. You have no idea where God's taking you and what you're going to be and what God wants to do in your life. Are you willing to say, like, I don't see it. I don't know what it is, but I'll follow you until we get to that place that you created me for so that I can be fulfilled. You see, let me explain to you what happens. You see a lump of clay, but when the potter's through with it, you never, ever call it clay again, do you? When the potter's through with it, is it clay? No. It's a bowl. Is it clay? No. It's a vase. When the potter gets through with it, it's no longer what it once was. It's been transformed in what he designed it to be. So what we always say here is God loves you just the way you are. He picks the clay out. He doesn't care that somebody else is scraping it off the bottom of their shoes. No, he sees something beautiful in it when he first digs it out of the ground. And it's love that he forces him and makes him want to clean it up and wedge it and get all the imperfections out and work with it and then make it where it form it into what he always saw. Now, I need you to know two more things. One, sometimes the potter starts over. That was the main message for Jeremiah, right? Sometimes the potter starts all the way over from scratch. You know, and that's hard for us because sometimes you're watching the potter and it looks fine. It looks fine. It's good enough. It looks fine. You know? But, but the potter's sitting there going like, well, I... I wanted it a little bit wider here and a little bit, you know, it was just a little bit different what I was doing. So I'm going to smash it, set it aside, and I'm going to start over. And, and, and I'm going to keep working on it till I get the masterpiece that I was going for. And sometimes we're in that season of life. Where he just needs to kind of let's start over and let's keep working on it. Because that's the sixth point. The sixth point is the process takes time. It takes time. It takes a lifetime. To become what God designed us to be and to be used for what he designed us to be. For God to use us for his kingdom. Do you know? 
that when the potter's making something, he's not making it for the sake of the clay necessarily. He's making it for the sake of those who are going to use the bowl. It's for the kingdom. It's for a purpose. It's not all about us. It's not that I'm just trying to find my happiness and my joy. and my No, my fulfillment comes in becoming what God designed me to be. My fulfillment comes in that in the kingdom of God, I'm useful. I bring glory and honor to the potter. Think about it. If you lived in this community and you've got this bowl, and you go, this is a good bowl. I like this bowl. This is a good bowl. The potter down the street made this bowl. And he does good work. Right? See that vase? That vase is beautiful. Where did you get that? The potter down the street made that vase. He does good work. And that's our purpose. That's our fulfillment. And that we're, that's our value. And that the potter forms us into who we are and what we are for the kingdom of God. And others take notice. And they take notice not just of who we are and what we are, but the potter who made us. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Let's look at a verse of Scripture, Jeremiah 4.3. And I want to close with this verse because I think in order for me to be where God wants me to be and be open, I have to deal with two things. In Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3, the Lord says to the people of Judah, Break up your unplowed ground and do not sow among thorns. There's two things he says you need to do. One is about my heart and one is about the atmosphere I put myself in. So break up your unplowed ground deals with my heart. If a farmer's going to sow seed and plant something and the ground is clay and it's hard, you can't plant in it. So it's got to be broken up. It's a foundational issue. Let me give you an example. Let's say there's a student, and there's a test coming up. And let's say the student is not interested in their grades or studying. They don't care. They don't want to study. They want to do something else. Now, I can teach all day long on classes on how to study. It doesn't matter, right? This person has a foundational problem. They don't want to study. They don't care about that. That person needs a change of heart. They need a change of heart. It's not going to work until their heart changes. So sometimes our problem is we have to break up the unplowed ground. We have to change our whole mind and heart. I'm not open to God because I don't know what he's going to do or whatever, and I'm not interested. I'm interested in me and mine. So that's one problem. Now, I'm going to make an assumption You're all in church this morning, and unless somebody drug you here, which is possible, you know, somebody goes like, go with me, and you kind of ended up here. Most of you, you came because you wanted to be here. So it's not a heart problem. It's more about the second part, don't sow among thorns. So let's go back to my analogy. There's a student, and they are interested in making a good grade, and they want to study, okay? But their problem is... Their notifications are still on on their phone, so it's beeping every so whatever. The TV's on. There are people around who aren't interested in studying, so they're wanting to do all this other stuff, and they just can't get their studying done because they've, they've put themselves in an atmosphere where it's not, there's too many distractions, it's not going to work. 
So the person who really wants to study, the student who really wants to study, goes, this isn't going to work for me. So they go to the library and they turn their notifications off on their phone and they zone in. And if they, if they gather with people, they gather with people who also are studying for the test and are going to actually help them and not distract for them. That's what a student who wants to study and make a good grade does. Well, that's what a follower of Jesus does. If, if, I want, if my heart's right and I want to follow him, I want to be malleable, I want to be in his will, I want to be in the right place with him, then I, I put myself in atmospheres where that happens. I make sure that I'm open, and now I make sure there's, there's things around me to feel that and, and direct me in the right way. The farmer doesn't sow over there where it's going to get choked off. He clears the land. The potter clears the stuff away from the clay. And now I'm open. So my prayer for you today is that we, that we say, you're the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and make me into whatever you want me to be. And, I'll admit it, if you, if you change something, I, 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 might, I might push back a little bit because it's uncomfortable for me. But I'll come around because I really want to be with you. In the parade route of life, I don't want to make wrong turns. I don't want to be disjointed. I want to be on your path that you designed for me to be on. That's what I want. So Lord, if you need to change my heart, Change it. Lord, if you need to remove some stuff, remove it so that I can walk with you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.